Welcome to Dr. Eric's Relentless Vitality Podcast. Our focus is on optimizing physical and mental vitality, maximizing performance, and extending lifespan. Dr. Eric is a licensed physician with a wealth of expertise in age management and preventive medicine, whose goal is enabling his patients to stay young, feel their best, and enjoy a higher quality of life. Um, but I'm out of Greenwich, Connecticut, and I am a golf fitness professional, but I love the niche of men's hormone and uh, sexual health. So everybody always asks, like, how did you marry the two? And basically out here, there is a ton of golf. And in Greenwich alone, there's nine golf clubs. So it naturally brought me more uh, men for fitness. And then I realized men never go to the doctor and they're very reluctant to take care of anything. So there's, you know, as you know, there's a lot of misinformation for men's and women's health out there anyway, but there's no one really advocating for them except their wife yelling at them for their health alone. So I was like, all right, let me dive into this and learn as much as I can about men's health. So it's kind of funny because I'm like a woman who specializes in men's health stuff and Basically, it, it's a way that it kind of diffuses all the awkward subjects and topics and makes them realize like, okay, this is normal, especially now as men in their 20s and 30s are exper- experiencing things that guys that were older usually do, like the ED and all that stuff. So, right. yeah. And so with that, I do in-person training and nutrition coaching as well as remote. So Awesome. Yeah. And you've got the, the metabolic golf program. Is that uh, kind of a, the, the, the detailed coaching program or what's, was that a, a specific niche of what you do? Yeah. That's kind of like the, the way I market the golf fitness. So mm-hmm. metago- metabolic golf is really just, it encompasses not just golf fitness, but the lifestyle coaching, the nutrition coaching, the hormone optimization, all that stuff and how that relates to golf fitness. Cause a lot of guys who play golf, they want to train to be a good golfer and be a good athlete, but it really does involve, you know, basic strength training, like deadlifting and stuff that they don't think really should be for golf, but really is. And so it right. goes into that as well. Awesome. Awesome. So probably what you think, like more than three fourths of your clients are men, you think, or I have three females, um, two are in-person golfers and then, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, two females, sorry, in person. And then I have uh, three that are online nutrition clients that are not golfers, but. Gotcha. gotcha. Other than that, it's all the guys. (laughs) All the guys. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you did a, I think on a podcast, I think with someone else, I think I listened to the, uh, that was a a funny tagline. What was it like biceps and boners or something? Boners and biceps. Yeah. I'm actually, I bought the domain for that. My, my assistant, my, my assistant texted me. He's like, yeah, so somebody already has that website. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he goes, like, really? Go look at it. So I type it in, it goes to my website. I'm like, you're, you're an ass, but that's awesome. So <laughs> I, oh I want to like make that the title of my book, but we're actually <laughs> like, we're muscle and fitness and I are trying to um, get some sort of series going. And I was like, we have to call it boners and biceps. And they're so <laughs> like open to that because they're trying to, you know, take muscle and fitness a different direction with some of their media production. So. I was like, that would be really cool. So yeah, that's like my, my tagline for any podcast I do. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. Actually, that's cool. Very cool. I like it. <laughs> You'll get clicks on that one. <laughs> no kidding. 
So are most of the guys, obviously, like you said, is that, are there any other things that they're kind of seeking out for? I mean, obviously, they want to improve their golf game, um, get in shape, et cetera. Are there any other uh, specific uh, complaints that they're coming in for or that their wives are dragging them in for? Or um, A lot of it. Um, so like most of the in-person guys, they know me for golf fitness because that's what I do more locally. But like online, it's mostly the guys that are frustrated with their doctor that they're working with and they need somebody like you um, or they just don't know the questions to ask when they do go to the doctor regarding their erectile health or their hormonal health like what tests do I get because they'll kind of take whatever their doctor says to them at face like oh well he says I'm in range and as you know being in range can mean 270 and obviously that's not optimal for anybody and they still have all these symptoms So they're very, very lost and they're very embarrassed because they won't talk about it with their friends. They're not going to really talk about it with their wife because it creates stress. So how can they get more optimal utilizing uh, my services, which are nutrition coaching and training and stuff like that, because they know what they're dealing with when they seek me out. It's not like, oh, well, if you don't agree with my doctor, then I'm going to dump you. They know their doctor is not saying the right things because they've seen what I've talked about and they see the people that I um, associate myself with, such as yourself. And so they want to know how that they, they can get that basically. And so we do everything we can from, you know, the interventions from a lifestyle perspective, but I have a lot of guys that are over 40 that travel a lot. They don't know how to kind of navigate menus and food and all that or their workouts. And so it's very easy, especially now with the virtual training. I mean, you can really do anything with just some dumbbells. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. It, it sounds. It sounds like it, uh, most of your your clients are pretty motivated. Do you have any when you when you give them ideas and thoughts and suggestions? Or that they're, they're they're sounds like they're pretty open to it. Mm. Or no? Yeah, no. Yeah. Most people are. <laughs> it, it's like my approach usually is not what a lot of the media portrays because there's a lot of rapid transformations or I get a lot of people that got messed up from other coaches. So they're like, Mm -hmm. I lost 50 pounds in three months. I'm like, okay, that's not going to happen again. (laughs) Right. Cause that's a little bit quick. And you know, there's a lot of metabolic adaptations that occur and then they, they try to go back to what they used to do and more cardio and less food is not working. So they come to me and they're like, I'm so lost. I hate everything, blah, blah, blah. So it's really, me telling them, listen, this is not going to be a quick fix. And this is going to be a long-term plan because I said, you can't think of things like, or you can't think of like dieting or the way you eat as a start and end point, because you have to like it. You have to like it for the rest of your life. So I'll have people say, you know, the keto diet worked really well for me. And I said, the keyword there is worked. So there's a reason it does not work anymore. It's not sustainable for a lot of people. Right. So I, you know, I don't force my opinion on anybody. I just ask them, you know, what do you like to eat? How many times a day? You know, what is your lifestyle like? Let's find something that works for you that allows you to live and be social and not feel deprived because it's the deprived and the binge cycle that gets to everybody. So it's really showing them it really is playing the long game and the quicker and the faster that you lose weight. And the more times you do that, as you get older, your body's going to not let go of body fat as quickly or as efficiently as we would like it to. Right, right. Yeah, I get a lot of um, patients, too, that come in. They've been 
you know, somewhere, some other clinic or a minute, minute clinic or a testosterone clinic or whatever. And they just get, you know, messed up and I, I have to fix that. And, I, and so, um, and I try to explain the same thing. It's, it's a, it's a process. It's a lifestyle, you know, you know, it's going to be at least, you know, three, six, 12 months and and we'll keep making tweaks, et cetera. But what are some of the other common uh, things you see out there? Cause obviously you and I both see this all, you know, everybody's a, a, a social media expert on nutrition everything uh, despite their whatever that may be you get you know doctors you know talking about stuff outside their wheelhouse you get you know trainers nutritionists talking about medical stuff but they have no training on so it's like there's a lot of information out there so what are some of the kind of common mistakes <laughs> this bad advice you've seen come people coming to you for on whether it's diet exercise or hormones or anything oh god i mean if i could uh, probably uh, a lot <laughs> i probably like should should keep just a list of some of the the weird things that people say that their doctors tell them i did a poll on instagram actually recently um regarding testosterone and testing and asked people like if they were denied testing just from asking and there were so many people that were and a lot of the guys said the reason was um let's see you look good enough okay don't right. know what that means and what i was that? like you know, well, if you know, a natural bodybuilder on stage has the testosterone of like a six-year-old. So <laughs> right. you can look great. It doesn't mean anything. And then you're too young. It's not necessary. Um, if it comes back low, there's nothing we can do about it because all testosterone replacement causes cancer. Right. You know, all, and all this misinformation. Awesome. And then yep. and then it was like, you know, one guy asked me the other day, he was like, uh, my doctor said that they can't give me any higher injection frequency than twice a week. And I'm like, or sorry, once a week, I was like, okay, why is that? And they're like that. They said, I have to switch to sub Q if I want to go more. And I was like, okay, talk to your doctor about this, but you can actually just split up your own dosage and stuff. Right. Like there's nothing that's keeping you. And they made it seem like the prescription was only written for a certain amount of times a week. And so that didn't make sense. And then, People say that they're that you know they've been pre prescribed to take an anti-estrogen one milligram a day. I'm like, um, uh, why? And why? they're like, well, I'm afraid of getting gyno, and and so because they told the doctor they were afraid of getting gyno, they were sent out the door with a Rimidex. Oh god, yeah, yeah, I've heard those horror, those stories too. It's like they just automatically get it. We're like, no, no. Yeah, or there's just doctors that simply shut them down and 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 they're believing all the antiquated research on cancer and heart attacks and and there's still doctors actually talking about androgel i thought we were past that i know right now i think uh, neil Rousier loves bringing that up in his lectures you know calls you know it's you know the confirmation bias of prior knowledge and old old studies that have just been you know we've beaten that up and you know hundreds and hundreds of studies have disproven all these like you said these myths and but some people just still hang on to that you know it's like wow yeah. Ugh. And I'm like, are you telling him you have no boner? Like there's nothing happening to pitch a tent. And it, it's like, that doesn't matter. It's no, right. you're in range. Okay. Yeah. Let's look at the paper and just treat that because. Right. I mean, right. Oh, <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. Exactly. I get very upset. And, and <laughs> it shows. <laughs> no, and it's funny you mentioned that too, because that's a common question I get. Cause we do a lot of sexual wellness treatments as well. I mean, obviously first step is lifestyle and hormones, but you know, we do, whether it's, uh, you know, pee shots or gains wave treatments or, you know, other things. And we got the whole kitchen sink to throw at them. And it's, and I tell them, I say, it's not, yeah, obviously it's a personal thing, but it's, it's your health too. You know, if you have, uh, if it's vascular related or 
a medical issue causing this, it could be affecting your brain, your heart, all these other things. And we need to fix this kind of like the canary in the coal mine. So yeah, important, you know? Yeah, no, actually, no, I'm glad you brought that up too. Cause I do tell a lot of guys cause they think automatically if, if they lose their erection, it's just a testosterone issue. And I'm like, actually you could have optimal levels of tests and still have erectile issues because you have the whole blood flow and then, you know, brain rewiring and everything. And a lot of the times these guys are so stressed, especially now with, especially at the onset of the lockdown, so many guys had said they lost their morning wood. They were, they were not having as long an erection and not as hard and and they were freaking out and they're thinking it was a testosterone issue or guys who are on a very good protocol. They felt great. And then as soon as all of this hit, they're like, oh, my gosh, should I change something? I feel different. I, you know, my erection's different. And I'm like, no, no, it has nothing to do with your protocol. Obviously, stress has a massive impact on everything. Yeah, big time. No, yeah, it's a great point. And, um, you know, I think that plays just as much, if anything else, you know, like you said, this overstress and chronically elevated cortisol levels are just mental, mental stress. I mean, it does a million different things to the body adversely. And uh, a lot of people just take that for granted and don't think about it. But it's, it's huge, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think the percentage of uh, people that that get um, or what is the percentage of guys do you think that get prescribed antidepressants in place oh. of actually hormone replacement? Oh, my God, it's huge. It's a big number. Well, between antidepressants and statins, um, yeah. those, are, those are the two big ones I see when guys come in. And it's almost the first thing I look at when they have come in complaining about ED. I'm like, well, this I'm not saying this is the only problem. But this here's a here's a humdinger right here. You know, that's why your testosterone levels in the tank and your libido and erections have gone away because of antidepressants or statins or both. But oh my gosh. Yeah. And a lot of people need them, but man, they're, they're probably over there. I know they're overprescribed and or way too much, you know? So, Oh yeah. When, when I'm like, what was your cholesterol? 202. Okay. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, dude, that's fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. It's like, wh- what's the cutoff? 200.125? Like, <laughs> oh, God. I, I kind of laugh. I said, mine's, I don't even, I mean, I had mine checked like a year ago. I'm like, I'm trying to get mine higher, actually. I, I don't want it to be super low because, I mean, you know, especially, you know, people don't realize, especially as you get older, people, once you get over, you know, uh, you know, they've done studies that those over 60 with the lower cholesterol actually have worse mortality and morbidity. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's a, it, it performs a function, you know, your LDL has a lot of, you know, a lot of anti-inflammatory effects, you know, it's, it's mopping up cytokines and, and uh, bad bacteria and viruses, a lot of things. So getting these LDLs in the double digits, it's not, it's not good. No, no. It, like you said, it helps people be more bulletproof to everything. Similar, yeah. similar yeah. to the optimal testosterone. Like somebody asked me, I actually had a few people ask, they're like, is there a reason more men than women are getting COVID? Like, does testosterone help you with immunity? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, has a, has a role. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, same thing, you know, they've looked at, speaking of that, you know, talk about with coronavirus and people that are, you know, inflamed, obese, or just have overall poor health or, or getting, you know, getting the brunt of it. And like, well, yeah, you know, they're, if you're, <laughs> you're not healthy, if your immune system is taking a hit, then that's, you're more inflamed, then you're going to be more susceptible to just about anything. Everything. I know. Ugh. What are your thoughts on, um, I know we touched a little bit. I'd love to get your take on um, working with patients, men and women on um, body composition. Obviously a lot of, a lot of, obviously the guys want to do it, but women too. And women are sometimes tough. And I know you've, you've done some, uh, 
amazing changes yourself personally, but in terms of, I guess, what are the biggest things you recommend for men or for women or for both if you, in terms of uh, training and nutrition, you know, in, in that regard, people are just looking to, I mean, I got this gut, can't get rid of it, you know, trying to, trying to get better. Do you have a, a, a set kind of start place or? A... Yeah, it's, it, it's, um, I call it kind of ass backwards approach to what they probably have either done before or read that they should do because, you know, you get somebody that comes to you and they say, I want to, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, be smaller or the guys who want to add muscle or what they're explaining is they want more of a toned look, which requires adding muscle. So I always ask people, send me a photo of somebody that you want to look like, um, like the patient that I sent you today. I asked him that exactly because he was trying to describe it. And in my mind, like I love Dana Lynn Bailey, who is a physique competitor who has like veins on her abs and is so shredded. No woman would ever want to look like her really that that comes to me for a training. It would scare right. the crap out of any, every other woman, but that's what I consider shredded. So if someone says I want to shred, I mean, that can mean 12 different things to 12 yeah. different people. So, exactly. you know, send me a photo. <laughs> yeah. Like, my fiance wants to look like a WWE wrestler. He doesn't want to look like a bodybuilder. So there's a, a different level of commitment if you want to have the 12 pack versus if you want like, you know, a two or a four pack and you just don't want to have love handles. So right. Right. understanding what that goal and what that means for them is huge. And then understanding the why, like, okay, everybody wants to have X. Why is that? And then it, it's a longer process than just the initial conversation sometimes, but it's finding out any like past traumatic issues that have happened with them or um, if they had a poor experience beforehand. And then you have to find out their dieting history, because if they've been chronically dieting, which a lot of people have, you know, I get people that are like, oh, I've been dieting for two years. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that must be misery. Right. So right. it's, um, Let's stop you know, that. yeah, like you can't take somebody who has been chronically dieting and in that cycle and diet them again, because they're, they realize, okay, 1200 calories that whoever made up 1200 was a magic number for women and 1700 for men. I have no idea, but where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah. That, that's all I see on food logs. Um, if they go below that, they should lose more weight. And yeah, theoretically, if you eat less, you should lose more weight. However, there comes a point where if you're eating 900 calories, your body will adapt to a 900 calorie operating fuel, basically. So it's the difference of putting premium and regular fuel in your body. So it says, okay, you're eating so little that what don't we need? Okay, we don't need a menstrual cycle. We don't necessarily need hair. You know, what are the other things we can throw out? Body heat, like it'll kind of downregulate all the non-necessary processes just so it can keep up with the little level of fuel that you're giving it. And then their new normal and that adaptation is so harsh that they really can't go anywhere from there unless they do four hours of cardio day. And so one of the analogies I use with people is if you look at patients or people who have had bariatric surgery, they never get really, really lean, absolutely lose a lot of weight. And yes, they've got some loose skin. But they never actually get like, you know, that harder, like super lean look because they can only eat up to maybe like 1500 calories. Right, right. But their body won't let them get there. So it requires getting their food intake up, which is the only 
real way to raise your metabolism, but also having the right type of output via the gym or walking or whatever, so that their work capacity comes up, their mitochondria work better, so that they're able to utilize the carbohydrates and fats that they eat and protein, but it's not really the energy source, so that when they do eat more, their body isn't resisting them and saying, uh, we're going to store this as fat because, you know, they're insulin resistant or something else. So, right. right. But I don't explain it that way to them because they're going to be like, what? So it's they more the, uh, the conversation of like, all right, I'm going to have you eating more and you may gain weight. But if you do, you may not you may not even realize that it, it, if it's on you versus just on the scale. Because right. more glycogen and food volume and all that stuff. And so it's usually they have to kind of gain a few pounds in order to actually drop weight and then get their body working properly again before it'll respond. So that's kind of like a very long-winded answer. But Yeah, no, that's a great, very all-comprehensive approach. I think that's excellent. Um, it's funny you mentioned it, too, because I was going to – that was my next question, actually, was talking about – because obviously a lot of people are big into fasting right now. Um what's your take on fasting with men versus women? And do you, do you do that or do, do they, you recommend it or um, for, so for, for men versus women, like, I think it can be an absolute disaster for most women because, you know, we are so much more stress reactive with our mm-hmm. uh, physiology because we're supposed to grow the humans and all that. So our body right. reacts much harshly, harshly. Um, so if people enjoy fasting because it provides them, with a way to control calories, then I think absolutely, you know, go for it. There's nothing magic to it. If they want to do prolonged fasts for gut health or, you know, something else, then that's totally different. I I'm talking about fasting only for body composition purposes. If it allows you to control calories, then I'm all for it. Otherwise there's nothing different than if you have the same amount of calories over 12 hours versus six or, you know, eight hours. Um, like for a lot of fitness professionals, it works because we're usually up at like four thirty, working with clients until eleven or twelve. But if you're one of those people, and I was actually going to do a post on this today earlier, um, if you're one of those people where, you know, you'll get to like four p.m. and be like, okay, I could have a cheeseburger because I fasted all day, and then you end up eating a cheeseburger, and then you, you're like, I could eat twelve more. It might not right. be for you. So, right. <laughs> That's right. No, it's I'm, it's awesome to hear you say that. I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I've I've tried fasting just to do it. I think like I think you hit it on the head. It's like, what's your goal? You know, what are you doing it yeah. for? I think if you're doing it for health. That's great. But I mean, I've done it and I can do it. But I'm the kind of guy that I almost prefer not to most days because it was funny. I was, you know, I was talking to my dad one day and he's like, um, he's like, yeah, he's like, I started doing what you remember back in. And this is like when I was in high school and I wrestled. He's like, I remember I'm kind of going back with you. Remember you used to always tell him this is like just um you know, eat smaller amounts, but more frequently, not like, you know, crazy, like 10 times a day, but that kind of thing. I'm like, Oh, you're right. I did tell you that. And I'm like, <laughs> and that's me. I do better with that. Me personally, because like, if I fast and then I, I, you know, when I eat like two really big meals, like I just get, I just feel really bloated and full and I just don't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. But if I eat, you know, maybe four times a day or five times a day, just smaller amounts, I, I feel like I just feel better. It just works for me, but everybody's different, you know? And I think, like you said, with women, I think a lot of women, like you said, I've got a lot of, you know, I've had women too come to me and they're fasting or they're just not eating much. And 
I said, well, just stop doing it. You know, I think you, I think a lot of women do better either front loading it or just not fasting at all for the reasons you mentioned. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and I've tried every single variation on the planet too. And, you know, it, it can make people extremely moody or they feel they're entitled to eat whatever they want. So, you know, obviously if somebody has insulin resistance or if they're type two diabetic, like maybe we can play around with that, but it's not a long, long-term thing. Um, right, right. I have a guy who's on like 4,000 calories and he still does a 10 hour eating window. And I'm like, okay, as well, long as you can yeah. get it in, man, like, you know, and, you can do it. and it works for him, <laughs> but he is highly metabolically flexible. Like he can switch from, you know, he can eat 300 grams of carbs after training and still produce ketones. He's worked on wow. this for a very long time. Not everybody yeah. can do that. And if yeah. somebody's not eating enough initially, I'm not going to let them fast because they just have to get the calories in. It's going to be harder to get your calories in in a shorter window if you're eating bigger meals. As you said, they're going to feel like clogged up and lethargic. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, guys are pretty, at least my guys are pretty easy in terms of, you know, they, they love going to the gym, hitting the weights. Some some love cardio, some don't. My women are a little, little bit of both. Um, I think some women, you know, uh, the reason I'm asked is I do get a lot of people and they want to, they want to hear the female perspective too. I know you see mostly guys, but, um, in terms of, in terms of women, um, the questions always, you know, a lot of people always ask, but what about like, um, you know, for cardio, like high intensity training versus just long, slow cardio, a little bit of both. And I think it, it depends. Some people do better with one versus the other, but what's, what's your take on that? Um, yeah. Cause you know, women are all, it, it's funny. Cause like my guys, don't care what the scale says if they look and feel a certain way and they're clothes fit, but the women, right. I mean, and I, I'm including myself in this, like sometimes it, it's a mind fuck. Right. So, um, I, I try to explain to them, I'm like, listen, we have always been told we need to be less than we need to be smaller than, you know, that's like when, when the flat butt was in and now the big butts in, and it's like this back and forth, like no matter what women get judged for what they look like and Instagram and social right. media has made it that much harder. So when they say they want to be toned, I explain, listen, you have to have something to tone because you're going to be skinny fat. If you try to diet more, you will lose weight. Yes. On the scale, but you are sacrificing muscle tissue and it's much harder to retain that or add more as you get older. And the more muscle you can carry going into menopause years, the much, much more uh, sensitive you'll be to insulin, which means you'll be able to tolerate carbohydrate. You know, and I explain it this way. And I say, we don't give ourselves enough time eating enough to actually support the training. So I, I try to switch the perspective into a performance-based goal where like, Hey, let's get your deadlift up or let's nail those chin-ups, but we got to eat for that. And then right, it shifts the right. perspective of just an aesthetics only, which can actually increase stress subconsciously, which will increase inflammation and water retention, everything. So with cardio, women tend to overdo cardio and not do enough weights. So right. I will absolutely get them going on weights at least three or four days a week. And then the only cardio that they'll do, like a lot of them like spinning. So I'll say, okay, instead of four days of spinning, let's go to one and then let's make sure we walk every single day. Cause at least right. that won't have an effect on hunger hormones. Right. Right. Yeah. I've, uh, that's something I've been trying to do more of myself is just, just freaking walking every, you know, as much as you can. I think it's such a great, not just, 
easy cardio, but it's just very therapeutic. It's relaxing. It's a great recovery modality. Um, I think it's something that I think it's, you know, more people are doing it, but I mean, I've been guilty of it too, just not doing it enough. I think it's a, it's a great thing to do. Like you said, every day, it's, it's super simple. Totally. Like I used to always make fun of people when I was in my twenties, like, Oh my God, look at those people walking. Thank you. Right, it's like right. good exercise. <laughs> And now I'm like, oh, I can't get enough of it. And I never used to, I would never like assign people a number of steps, except during quarantine I have, because people don't realize how little they're actually doing. So if they can track it, it's a little bit more helpful. But, you know, I tell them like, you can walk however long. It has no effect on hunger. It actually brings cortisol down and it's what we're made to do. And people are like, oh yeah. Like in, in my lectures, I start off with slides from, things like the 80s like an 80s tv and i'm like who remembers this you actually had to get up and change the tv channel and then you're lucky right. if it actually worked and then you had to kind of hit it and put tinfoil right. on it and like right. we used to Move have to center. yeah yeah, yeah we <laughs> and we used to have to walk to the other side of the car to open the other car door we had to manually right. roll the window down <laughs> like and you know we had to <laughs> i have a great slide of somebody um in the bushes with binoculars. And I'm like, we used to have to physically stalk people and now we can do it on the computer. (laughs) And everyone's like, where are you going with this Allie? And I'm like, the point is that we don't move as humans. Like we were meant to, we can literally sit on our couch, press a button. We can have food. We can have alcohol. We can have a bride, anything delivered to our doorstep and not move. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of that. I forget what it was now, the name, but there was a, a movie but it was like a cartoon movie about that when and in like into the future where it got so bad that like humans couldn't even they didn't have their their arms and legs became vestigial organs uh, vestigial organs they they couldn't even do anything they had to do like everything remotely you know with a the computer or something like i can't remember the name of that cartoon movie now i but, can't either <laughs> like it got so bad yeah. like oh my god i could see that happening you're right because you know like you said we just don't move like we used to at all um, do you get a lot of people with, uh, dealing with overtraining? Speaking yes. Of- all my men, um, yeah. they, they, because they're very type a and they actually don't eat enough, which is causing a lot of the, the overtraining. So the, the pendulum in the fitness industry swings a lot of ways. And, and so, you know, it kind of, if we go back to like bodybuilding days where it'd be like, okay, six days a week, body part splits, get your cardio in. And then we switch to corrective exercise but it was broken but then we decided well that's too soft we really need to keep lifting um and then we went through the high intensity interval training craze and crossfit and orange theory and all that stuff which has been a disaster because that's all people do now and there is a time and place for that but there's been an influx of people that come to me who have never really gone through a true strength training program and when I tell them to take like a minute rest it's like you said two years so they don't understand the um, purpose to actually spend time building muscle for growing the muscle so when you're doing cardio circuits with rest periods of like you know 30 minutes 30 seconds on 10 seconds off like you cannot possibly reproduce the same effort over and over and over And that's not really providing with a muscle growth stimulus because it's just not enough recovery. But I get that people like that burn and they like to sweat and I love it too, but we have to kind of have a balance. But, you know, in our society, it's like, all right, 200 milligrams of caffeine is good. 900 must be better. You know, it's all the extremes. 
Yep. So exactly. like all these circuit style <laughs> workouts, like guys come to me, they're like, I do Peloton four days a week. I do a kettlebell complex complex three days a week. I do CrossFit twice a week. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm tired listening to this. Yeah. No, thank no, Okay. No, you're right. I mean, I see that a lot too, because people just doing too much. And I've, I've told people that, you know, like, you know, I want you to take an off week and then eat more. Like what you mentioned earlier, that like you said, they look at you like, yeah. what? It's crazy. I'm like, oh, trust me, body will thank you. I know. That's why we get along. I mean, and it's funny too, because like when I, when I have guys that need a week off or, you know, it's, it's been stressful. It's like life happens. You're not a professional athlete. You got five hours of sleep, three nights in a row, dude, you're going to retain some water. So I have you know, right. men and women where they've gotten to that point of stress. And I'm like, listen, the next three days, you're not going to do anything weight training related. I just need you to walk and we're going to up your carbs a little bit. And then they end up dropping weight because it's all water retention and inflammation. And they're like, whoa, that worked. Like, that like, worked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, sleep and walking work. Like if one thing in quarantine is done is some of my yeah. clients, they're like, oh my God, prepping meals at home and sleeping like that's all I've changed I'm like yeah see I'm not crazy after yeah. all <laughs> exactly exactly uh yeah that is uh that is one thing that has been nice about this is that I haven't been driving to and from the office and home at home at night with with the family and most nights I'm like it's kind of nice it's, it's, it is a switch so <laughs> I know. trying to take advantage of it it is different uh. yes any, uh, what's on your agenda for the year? Any upcoming challenges, uh, conferences, speaking things? What's, what's, uh, 2020 looking like for this uh, alley? Man, I had one, two, three, four, five, six speaking gigs that all got canceled. So uh, it, it's actually very jarring because I can't remember a summer that I haven't gone to a conference. Because, I mean, you know, I, I speak for Perform Better, which is one of the leading equipment companies, and they do four summits every year. And it's basically, like our wedding will be like a summit because it's just a reunion of all our friends and everything. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we're not going to see anybody. You know, we can obviously go see friends, but like you don't see all your friends from all over. So our wedding is April 23rd next year. It's going to be like this blowout party. I can tell from now <laughs> because we all wouldn't oh have God. seen each other like for so long, you know, and every two years right. they do the World Golf Fitness Summit, which was going to be in San Diego in the fall. And I was like, so right. pumped for that. Nope, that's not, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's so sad. So I'm like, okay, weddings in a year. So I don't really have to focus on that and no conferences. So no PowerPoints. Like, I, I, I don't know, read a book. Like, I literally don't know what to do. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but some of the, like the medical ones too, those got rescheduled, right? Or they're all streaming. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them did. Like, I was going to do one for WorldLink, and uh, I think it's going to be a, like a streaming event now, too. And then, um, I don't know, I'll probably just hold off until maybe do AMMG in the in the fall, or, yeah, in the fall again, maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked too, but it's also up in the air right now. I know. Like, there's, there's actually one. I was supposed to speak for the NSCA in Vegas in July, and they haven't called that off yet. But I can't imagine even Vegas being open in July. Like, our, re our wedding was moved to July 3rd. We had to move it to April next year, so... I don't know. That's only two months away. So, right. So, yeah. So it, it will be, it's April next year will be the wedding then? Yeah. Or? April next year. It was supposed to be the 18th of this year and then it was July. Right. And now it's next year. <laughs> well, it's going to be a damn good wedding because it's got all this prep time. Now. Dude, I literally, I was like six weeks out and like my, my coach and he makes fun of me. He's like, you're the only person that wants to treat their wedding like a competition. I'm like, dude, 
I want to be what I call dick skin leaned for the wedding. So he's 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 like, all right, six weeks out, we can slow down the you know the weight loss since the wedding's moved and blah blah blah. And I was coming in really you know looking really good, and I had my ne- next dress fitting, and then it's just like everything comes to screeching halt, and then you're like, okay. I've got three months now until July. And then that gets moved. And I'm like, I got a year. I can add some more muscle. This is awesome. How many people get to say they get to do that? You know? So, and everyone's like, that's what you're excited for. I'm like, damn right. Like, hell yeah. I know. (laughs) I get to eat. Exactly. I'm like, I'm going to go get a donut right now. (laughs) Right. That's why I told, told, you know, my, I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, like you're every morning working. I'm like, yeah, because I, I like to work out and get something going, but I love to eat. And when I obviously, you know, when you work out, your appetite's more I'm like, I like to eat. Uh, yeah. That's- and when it's in front of your face all day at home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to go um, whip up some um, low sugar, healthy protein loaded, uh, no bake cookies. That's like my, I got to have some kind of sweet every night. So I try to make them as healthy as possible. That's, that's What's my your downfall, recipe but- for that? Cause that sweet. I I'll have to I'll I'll shoot it to you. I have it uh, saved on my computer. I think it's like I can't remember now. It's mostly like oat butter, some protein powder, um, some cocoa. I forget what else. A couple like one of the things. It's pretty simple, but I'll take a I'll take a screenshot and send it to you. That sounds delicious. I'm in the middle of like a, a refeed, so I get like 315 grams of carbs a day. So I'm eating cereal and bagels, nice. but that's short lived. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Enjoy I know. But it's one of those like, oh, if I post this on Instagram, people are going to think that's all I eat all day. And then they'll be like, I can do that, too. You can right, if right. you train a certain way. If you train hard that yeah. day, you can. But don't just sit around all day and then load up. No. I know. <laughs> awesome. Well, Allie, give a shout out. Tell everybody your website again. And if any anything else you want to plug or, or describe, go for it. Well, the best way you guys can find me is probably Instagram. The Allie Gilbert. A-L-I. I spell it like a... Uh, Middle Eastern person was what the, all all the Uber guys <laughs> tell me. So T H E Ali G I L B E R T, and then my website is ali gilbertcom and I'm also on Facebook. Um, I don't really go on Twitter, so I, I won't respond to you if you mes- message me there for like three weeks, probably. So, all right, awesome, awesome, that's cool. But yeah, all right, girl, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let you run. We've been talking for a while. I could talk to you for hours, but um. Speaking of that, I'm let you, you can go do your thing and carb up. I'm going to do the same thing and make some treats and uh, stuff my face too. So <laughs> awesome, thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep in touch for sure. I'd love to, uh, to to chat on about stuff and maybe there's some things we could do to to help each other's clients out and uh, work together on some things. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I would like to do that. We should probably do like an Instagram live pretty soon. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. The, those a lot seem of fun. to draw a lot and. Um, like when you do it with, you know, it promotes both of you and then, um, I'll catch up with Josh because then he can tell you permission in order to 